Good morning. Hope you're having a good day. I come to you from uh, the chapel, uh, NHBC, on a Saturday morning, and uh, hopefully you're sitting in the comfort of your home uh, listening to this message. I'm glad I could bring you this message. It is titled, In the Storm. Five months ago, if I said that we live in perilous times, most people would have ignored me. The stock market was gaining new heights every day. Most people who wanted a job were working. People were planning exotic vacations. Life was good. Then, a little virus, now known as COVID-19, made the scene in faraway Wuhan, China. Within weeks, it had spread across continents, wrecking havoc in country after country, in city after city. The core of cities sat empty. The playgrounds of the world were devoid of action. The lights flashed in Vegas, but there were no people. Schools and businesses closed. No more travel. Worse yet, no sports on television to keep us perpetually entertained. Pictures of bodies being stacked in refrigerated trucks, tired healthcare workers, and aircraft carriers with sick crew. These were the pictures that filled our screen together with some grim statistics. The death toll kept rising. The first known death due to the coronavirus in the United States was on February 22nd. Three months later, on May 22nd, the number of confirmed deaths due to the coronavirus in the United States stood at 96,310. No country was spared. It did not matter if you were rich or poor, famous or not, healthy or unhealthy, young or old. None of us saw this coming. We live in perilous times is an understatement. So when storms buffet us, what can we do? As I was preparing for this, my mind kept going back to a very familiar passage of scripture where Jesus calms the storm. Three of the gospel writers record this for us. Matthew in chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. Mark in chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, and Luke in chapter 8, once again, verses 22 to 25. But I'm going to choose a passage in Mark chapter 4 to read to you, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 reads, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began filling it with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, 
teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, even as we look at this passage of scripture and put in the context of what's happening around us today, we pray, Father, that you would give us minds that would understand it and help us to apply this to our hearts. Thank you for everybody listening. Thank you for the opportunity to do this virtually. Father, we pray for your messages carried across the airwaves this Sunday morning. As people listen, that they would open their hearts to you, that they would accept you as Lord and Savior in their lives. We pray, Father, that people would come back to you, that we, each one of us, would look at our pathways and walk towards you and you alone. We pray for your blessing on us this day. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So let's set the scene. After a hectic day of ministry, Jesus and his disciples set out to cross the Sea of Galilee in a boat. Jesus knows what he is doing. His disciples do not. An adventure awaits. The boat is a fisherman's boat. Very familiar to the disciples. The sea was calm. We got it, they say to themselves. We've done this crossing hundreds of times. We are an experienced crew. It should be a breeze. Pardon the pun there. Pause now for a minute and think. Have we ever reacted that way? We think we have things in control. We are very familiar with things. I'm just as guilty as everyone else. Just like the disciples. But soon a storm descended on them. Oh, they had experienced this before. The disciples worked hard to stabilize the boat in those rough seas. They relied on their strength. They relied on their knowledge, their expertise. They even relied on each other. Many of them had worked together. They had it under control on prior occasions. You see, my dad and mom would pray before they headed out to their jobs and thank God when they returned. That was a concept that was lost on me. Is that necessary? It's a routine activity. I'm too busy for that. Not that I could not pray or would not. Oh yes, I prayed for important things. Special occasions. For hurdles, for difficult situations. Of course for exams. But the mundane things in life? See, we are encouraged to pray without ceasing. This storm was different. Only when 
they could not handle the storm, both physically and mentally, did they turn to Jesus. Time and time again, during the three and a half years he was with his disciples, he had to show them their shortcomings. As he scanned the gospel, we see that experienced fishermen, fishing all night, came away empty-handed. Jesus had to tell them where to cast the net. The result was an abundant catch. Jesus asked his disciples, feed the 5,000. What? They said. Where's the grocery store? Moreover, where's the money coming from? A poor little boy bought his lunch to Jesus. Now, was he going to go hungry? Yet, we see Jesus could take that little offering and multiply it to feed the 5,000 plus people, but also to have plenty of extra leftovers. Oh, that little seed of faith of that child resulted in a blessing to many. Jesus pulled a coin out of a fish's mouth in a most surprising way for the fishermen and for the tax collectors that were present. They had never seen anybody do anything like that to pay their taxes. At last, they say, Jesus, don't you care that we are going to drown? Out of the depths of their insecurity, they turned to Jesus. There was no other place to go for assistance. Nobody there to help. See, times of crisis forces us to reassess our lives. It shows us what is important and what is not. What we do when a crisis is at our door. Much like the disciples, we can only turn to the Savior in this hour of need. He is our hope. Jesus stills the storm. The storm was out on the water, but the disciples had pulled it into the boat. There was a bigger storm raging in the minds of the disciples. Jesus had to address them both. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? In spite of being with one who did miracles, the disciples were still afraid. So it is any wonder that we are afraid? Many of the miracles catered to the physical aspects of mankind. Making the best wine for rejoicing at a wedding feast. Healing the sick. Raising the dead. Feeding the 5,000. So if all your physical needs are taken care of, are you all okay? I would venture to say no. I want to highlight this point because psychologists are telling us that in the midst of this pandemic, anxiety is on the rise among the population and post-traumatic stress is affecting healthcare workers. They also tell us that meditation and prayer are antidotes to this anxiety. So what should you do? What should a Christian do? 
from a very practical standpoint, until they call on Jesus, the disciples find themselves no peace or the waters in their mind. Many a times we look at these events as standalone stories and address it in that context. I would like to take a different look by bringing into this discussion the very next story that unfolds before the eyes of the disciples as recorded by all three of the gospel writers. As the boat comes to shore, the disciples find themselves in garrisons where Jesus encounters a man who is demon-possessed or one who is not in his right mind. This man recognizes Jesus as the son of the Most High God. First, how did a man who was not in his right mind recognize that Jesus was the son of God? His own disciples were vacillating and had doubts about him. Secondly, as much as the disciples were distressed because of the storm, and this man was not in his right mind, It was only the Lord who could make it right for them. Both needed the same answer. Just in case the disciples thought that they were better prepared, they were not. A sleepless, restless, dangerous night out at sea for the disciples. Just to bring to light of the gospel to one man, one lost soul. To me, the most interesting thing to read is that Jesus commissioned this man that he healed of the demons as a messenger of the gospel long before he did it to the disciples. The disciples had to learn more. They had more to learn. They needed more schooling. This is quite humbling, if you ask me. So what can we learn from this? When we are brimming with confidence, we are also prime targets for a knockout punch. When we are brimming with confidence, we are also prime targets for a knockout punch. We live in a society that also says that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. I've yet to see somebody do that. Christians are not immune from being in a crisis. Christians are not immune from being in a crisis. It is good to remind ourselves that God is still in control. The other learning is that prayer helps us to cast our burdens at the Lord's feet. Prayer helps us to cast our burdens at the Lord's feet. Don't pick it up again. Don't pick it up. Think of others who may be in worse conditions than me. Think of others. You know, a few weeks ago, while watching uh, one of the news programs one evening, I remember a young lady in New York being interviewed by a reporter in her front yard. She tells a reporter that she was preparing to go to college this fall. She was working to save up for college expenses. Her mom and dad lived in New York, and her dad was a caretaker for her mother, who was bedridden and needed dialysis every week. 
One day her dad came down with this persistent cough, difficulty in breathing, and a high fever. So he drove himself to the hospital. He was diagnosed with COVID-19 and admitted. None of the family could see him. He never left the hospital. He died. The daughter talks about this surreal feeling of having to go and pick up her dad's car from the hospital parking garage and driving it back home. She goes on to add that all her plans have been upended and she has become the primary caretaker for her mother. She was, at this point, devoid of hope. Think of others who may be in worse conditions than ourselves. Pick them up. That bright, sunny morning, standing on the shores of Gennesaret, Jesus was trying to teach this lesson to his disciples. I hope these lessons which we learn from this passage of Scripture would be beneficial to each and every one of you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for the blessings of Scripture. Thank you for showing us the light here. Thank you for lifting our hearts and minds so that we can think. Thank you, above all, for keeping us healthy and strong. Father, we pray that this message would continue to be a blessing to each one as we go forth in this world, as we live our lives in this society every day. We pray that we would always keep our focus on you as we live our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.